Okay, you guys, I cannot wait to share today's show with you. I just had so much fun interviewing Sarah Eggenberger. She is the editor-at-large for New Beauty Magazine. She also is a contributor reporting on the latest beauty and fashion trends for today.com. And I'm not surprised that she has gotten these awesome gigs in the beauty industry because she has the best most inspirational and fun beauty one-liners. And you're going to hear many of them throughout the show today. She was just a lovely guest to have on the show. She is a licensed esthetician and you're really going to enjoy her story of how she found her way from working at a spa as a receptionist in high school to doing the amazing things she's doing in our industry today. So stay tuned and enjoy the show. and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I'm your host, Lori Crete. I'm a licensed esthetician, spa owner, industry consultant, speaker, and journalist, and the founder of the Beauty Biz Club, which is the only professional success-based society designed to dramatically up your bookings, increase your profits, and provide you with industry-specific resources that are needed to succeed. If you'd like to know more about how you can become a member of the Beauty Biz Club, please visit beautybizclub.com. Now I invite you to join me as I feature inspirational messages from industry gurus and practical tips to tap into your best success. Stay tuned for some serious Beauty Biz entertainment. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Beauty Biz Show. I'm your host, Lori Cree, and today I'm here with Sarah Eggenberger. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Hi, Lori. I'm great. How are you doing? I'm excited. You have my dream job, editor-at-large for New Beauty Magazine. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is fun. It's fun. You know, I must tell you that I am entirely happy in this role, and you know, I'm sure you have a slight inclination as to why, because as a beauty enthusiast, you are yourself. It's always such a joy to be surrounded by products and treatments and also just to be exposed to, you know, business owners and entrepreneurs and all these different innovative ideas that tend to float around and just constant excitement. So I do enjoy it. In a massively abundant industry where women are rocking it right now. True, true. We see a lot of women entrepreneurs. We see a lot of women-led companies, which is extremely exciting because I do believe that we need to see more women CEOs. So I like to be part of the industry that it is fully flooded with women and they're very strong and passionate. Now, I feel like I always love to give a shout out to people who help me achieve what I want to in this industry. And I've been trying to get in touch with you for like two years and Tata Faber, (laughs) Actually, yes, one day she texted me. So a shout out to Tata. She texted me and she said, you have to have Sarah on the show. And I'm like, well, I would love to. So she, she put me in contact with you. <laughs> I know Tata and I go back for so long. And it was one of those things. And that's what I love about this industry and estheticians and a little bit of social media, because that was what kept us connected. We met previous social media and we were part of these different organizations. And I used to follow Tate around because she would always know the latest and the greatest and have so many wonderful ideas. And we had joined these different aesthetic organizations and would travel together to all these different meetings. And so we did that for so long. And then we lost touch as you know the world keeps turning in. You get stuck into your busy ways. And yeah, she's fantastic. So 
again, Tata is a wonderful person, and I do love that the aesthetic industry really pulls people together, and there is that union of of a team atmosphere and working with each other. She's in, I have a, a women in beauty business mastermind group, and she's in that group, and she'll not be surprised to hear she's still leading people that way <laughs> with the latest yeah, and greatest and ways to find. Yes, that sounds exactly like her, and that is definitely her calling, because she just has a way to really navigate through the industry. And it's interesting to see what she does find and how she views things. And she has such a great demeanor, too, of how she leads throughout. So I'm going to have to join that mastermind group because that sounds like a good group. Oh, my God. I would love to have you in there. We're meeting in March in Las Vegas. And we have what I do is I kind of lead some foundational self-development type work. And then we step into like more financial work. And then I bring in a guest speaker. And our guest speaker is the first female president of massive amounts of property on the Las Vegas strip. She's done Ted talks and she comes in and just shares some of her inspiration with us. So if you want more details, we'll talk about that after the show today, but (laughs) awesome. We, I want to segue in, and this is a perfect time. How did you find your way into the beauty industry? Like where'd you start with us here in, in this amazing industry? Yeah. So it, you know, it started by accident, but you know, I do think when you you kind of go through your life and you look back and you maybe mine it for all the different interests. There was always this resonating theme of products and this fascination of, you know, sneaking in to see what people are using in the bathrooms and, you know, what my babysitter had in her bedroom of what the hair products she was using. Um, So there was always that interest there. But when I was in high school and not exactly sure what to do after high school ended and where to go to college or if I wanted to go to college, I saw this advertisement in the local newspaper because that is how it used to be done back in those days. That's how I got my first job too. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So long ago. Um, It was this holistic health spa and the name was called Vesta. And the owner, um, Peg Myota, was this amazing woman well before her times and truly the woman who completely changed the trajectory of my life, I would say, like the one person who I can look back and say, yes, she made a difference 100% for me and for my life. And I walked into this health spot and I said, I would like to work here. And she said, well, we have a job as a receptionist, but it is full time. I was going to school at the time, so it wasn't going to work out. And she, and she said, so I'm sorry, it's just not the right fit. And I said, but I really need to work here. And I don't know why I had the guts to say that as a teenager, but I just felt great to be in there. And I just felt like I needed to work there. And she said, okay, well, if anyone has that feeling, we need to find something for you. So I ended up working there through the rest of um, high school. I actually did a job share program where I was able to get early release out of high school and go work at the, the health spa and just started to do different things. And she said to me one day, I think you should go to school for aesthetics after high school. And I said, okay. And literally we got done with school that May. And in July, I went at a time to the Aveda Institute in Minneapolis, um, which is how I kind of got connected with Minneapolis and, and Tata there. And so I went to school for aesthetics, came back. Um, I'm from Wisconsin, so that's why I came back to Wisconsin, started working with her. And she said, I think you should go to school for massage therapy. And I said, okay, I'll do that too. So then part-time I went to school for massage therapy and really had more of an interest in infant massage. That was kind of a pocket, but she also told me I need to be well-versed and multi-trained. So I followed whatever she said to do um, and did aesthetics mostly in a treatment room for years. And I loved it. And I loved working there, but I started to get that itch a little bit of, I was looking for something else. And so Peg Mayota once again said to me, 
I think you should maybe talk to some of these brands that we carry. I think you'd be great in education. So I started to do sales first for a brand as an independent contractor, you know, scraping my way along. Um, did that for a period of time, then moved into education for brands, then moved into brand management, then product development, and then marketing, and then communications, and then media. So it has literally been from high school and then one step um, to each of these, all these different areas of the industry um, to the point where I'm at right now. There's two things that really stuck out to me about your story that you just shared. And one is that you just something within you said, no, I have to work here. And I think if we claimed our space like that more often as women, it would be a beautiful thing. Mm, That's such a great way of saying that. Yes. And I love that this woman, Peg, don't know her lover, that she encouraged you. She didn't want to keep you in her spa. I'm sure you were like a, a, a pillar there, but she still encouraged you to spread your wings and go do other things. Mm-hmm. She was she was the most amazing woman, and I even remember so much patience that she would have for me. Again, back you know the old school ways that you would have your little notebook that you'd write the notes on. You know, someone called for her, I'd give her the message, and she would always come to me and say, "Sarah, you have the most beautiful creative handwriting, but can you please tell me what this number says?" <laughs> you know, she always had <laughs> such a wonderful way of of helping her. You dress so creatively today, but would you mind tomorrow maybe wearing a dress instead? Like it was always such um, a sweet from the heart mentorship. And, you know, if everybody had that one person in their lives, how much of an impact that would make. And it's something that I'm very thoughtful of throughout my career now, too, is that by just listening to people who are around you and seeing that possibility in somebody, how you can completely change someone's life. And so it's just taking that time and when we're all so busy, kind of focused on ourselves, if we can just change that around sometimes, and it sounds like Lori, a lot of what you do offers that is just to offer that mentorship and those ideas and helping someone through or guiding them. It completely can be life-changing without a doubt. One of the biggest compliments I get from some of these women that I have in my my mastermind and, and that I've done coaching with is Lori, thank you. You gave me permission to be successful. I love that compliment because sometimes mm-hmm. that's all we need, right? Is the permission mm-hmm. or, or an, something to spark an idea. Do you miss working in the treatment room ever? I do. I do. And I find that, you know, I do test a lot of products and I, you know, work on that side of things that when I come back to testing things or when someone is laying in the bed, like you can't help it, like your hands just like move in that direction, <laughs> right? Like you just like, there is something about estheticians' hands and your movements and your touch that you just instantly do it without this conscious thought process. Um, and I had a facial by this woman in Florida a couple of years ago, and she had the softest of hands, the softest of hands. And I just said to her, like, what do you do? And she goes, I've been an esthetician for 30 years and I work five days a week. And I just thought, oh my gosh, it's all those great products on her hands. I <laughs> was like, this is such a testament to the esthetician and their hands, their healing powers, everything. So um, to go back to your question, I do miss it. And I, whenever I get the chance, I, I kind of come back around to it. And I have two girls. And so oftentimes we kind of play spots. So I, I also get to be connected in that sense too. Uh, they probably love the fact that you get to bring all these products home. (laughs) They're learning at a young age. They are, they are. I want to know what your day looks like. How did you find your way from, you know, the treatment room and sales into becoming the editor at large for new beauty? And what does that title mean? Mm -hmm, Sure. So 
I'll take you a step back into even how I started with New Beauty and my role there and um, my other roles as well. So with um, getting connected to New Beauty is it was always this wonderful publication to be. I remember seeing the first issue. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah. And ever since that point, loving it, right? Like I just loved how it took that professional side of the world, all these treatments and really spoke to it in a magazine form because a lot of magazines were very much beauty for the consumer, but did not go into this whole level of professional. And I had always been a professional in the industry and appreciated that aspect being represented. Um, so I was always a big fan of the magazine from the, from the onset and working with professional brands doing the, you know, brand management, communications and PR, I had always had a friendly relationship with the editor-in-chief at the time, Yolanda, um, with Elise, one of the executive editors, and Liz, who's still there. So we always were friendly. We'd see each other at trade shows. We would connect. And for another brand that I was working with, they wanted me to represent them on TV. So they had started me through this media training process. And I was doing media training. At one point, I ran into Yolanda, and she said, so what are you doing now? What, you know, Where are you working and I had shared with her that I started to do TV segments as part of this media training. And she said, well, why don't you send me a couple of the shows that you have done? So I sent them off to her and she said, we are looking to do this. You know, would you be interested in representing the magazine for these TV segments? Um, so we started down that path. And this was a very natural, organic conversation that just kind of flourished of at right timing. This is something that I was doing at the time and that was something they were looking for. So it merged well. Um, so my role with them as editor at large is to represent them predominantly for beauty segments. You know, when they have the beauty awards issue comes out or different topics that they really want to get um, out there to more of the consumer, we do TV segments for it. And then I think from special projects to trying and testing um, different treatments, sometimes through video, sometimes, you know, Facebook lives, which can be quite embarrassing when you're experimenting and trying things <laughs> with 200,000 people watching. Was stories to share for later time. And then also, you know, going to these different conferences and doing videos there or um, being on a panel and discussing, you know, the latest trends in the industry or interviewing different entrepreneurs or um, different people in the industry for specific topics that they really are recognized for or that they really have a strong um, knowledge base about. So it varies. You know, my, my days are different. And then I also do consulting work for brands. Um, so I work with brands from marketing um, to how to represent the, themselves in brochures, brand strategy, messaging, stories, social media, um, all the way through to product development and, you know, what you know, you should have in products, what you shouldn't have in products, you know, what are people looking for? Because it's really that whole experience on that people want with a product. They want to connect with the brand. They want to make sure that's in alignment with what their philosophy is and their theories. And they also need to make sure the product performs. So I help in all those different areas and I work with skincare labs and developing products. So it's all encompassing of, of different things I do. I have 6 million questions for you from what you just shared with me. So let me first start. I want to tell you a funny story. And that is how I was introduced to New Beauty Magazine, because I think you'll giggle when I tell you this. I owned a spa in Los Angeles. I recently sold it. And I would go out in my lobby and there'd be like 20 copies of New Beauty Magazine. And I'm like, where are these coming from? It was like some little New Beauty fairy would drop them <laughs> off while I was in my dream room. <laughs> <laughs> and then I started noticing that there was always one page tabbed out. And I'm like, huh. Mm. So I'd go to that page and it was a plastic surgeon who worked like down the street from me who would bring them in and leave them in oh my, my lobby when nobody was looking <laughs> <laughs> with his page tabbed oh, out. I'm like, well, 
I've always appreciated good marketing, so I, I thought yes. it was actually good. <laughs> However it comes, right? Yes. <laughs> and then I um, I wish he would have introduced himself to me. Gosh, that would, then I could have really referred him from, you know, quality connection type relationship. But yes, yes. It's a little awkward, right? Yeah. And then I, I want just to, the listeners to take a moment to think about what an inspiration you are, because I think people think if you're going to land a a gig outside of a treatment room, you have to live in these big cities and you're in Wisconsin, right? I sure am. Yes. Cold, bitter Wisconsin. (laughs) (laughs) And you travel to do these amazing things. I do. I do. So, you know, I still live in Wisconsin. I have um, lived elsewhere, but have moved back here because I have a family. I have two girls and I, you know, you have to balance that. And as a lot of estheticians are women, you do have those situations where you have your family and you have your career. Um, so for me, I'm very fortunate that I can travel. Um, I have a husband who's very supportive who can, you know, take the the night shifts when I'm not here and he manages the girls incredibly well. You know, I have a great network with my family who can also help. But yeah, so I live in Wisconsin based um, upon trying to raise my family here. And then I travel to New York or to California or to wherever these different companies are, Colorado, and really help um, them in different ways. And I like it, to be honest. I love travel. I am the person who is an introvert in a lot of ways. So being in a hotel room to me is lovely, especially as having two young girls. I love um, the hotel experience. I love that alone time. And I and I get inspired. Like when I see different things and I am looking at different people, even walking to an airport or going to different spas or meeting different people, I just get inspired by it. And I, and I find so much interest in just seeing how people live in, in different ways. So I do travel. So you don't have to move to these big places. You can make it work. It is without a doubt a compromise in some ways. And I, I probably would have a different career if I was maybe in New York um, or in some of these metropolitan areas where there is a stronger media presence, but it works for me. So it's really about how you want to carve out your life and, and how you want to live it. So at this time and at this moment in life, it is perfect for me. I used to be a flight attendant and that was my biggest fear that I was going to go from traveling Mm. the world to working in a small dark treatment room and lose my mind. So every time I get the opportunity to travel, I love people watching at the airport and being on an airplane where nobody can bug you. You can get some really amazing creative work done sitting on an airplane, I think. Yeah, so true. So true. And it's, you know, we live in such a digital age now that it, it is a little bit easier, you know, between things like Skype and FaceTime and Google Hangouts, all these different platforms that allow you to engage with people, not having to sit next to them. So that is like, the, to me, one of the big pros of technology is it does allow for people to be based in different geographies and to have different opportunities and different exposures where the world seems a little bit smaller. You know, you don't seem as isolated. I don't know you that well, but I have this feeling that you could contribute part of your success, not only to hard work, but I feel like you're the type of woman who just says yes and steps into the opportunity when it's presented to you. Yeah, I do. I I do. I love, I love new challenges, to be honest. I, I find it exciting. I think that's why I also like doing TV is because it is that adrenaline rush. And so to me, new opportunities, new challenges are just a way for me to grow. And, 
Robin McGee, who I know you know, and she's been a speaker at some of your um, your meetings, is she always says you need to have those sweaty armpit moments, right? <laughs> like if you're not having a sweaty armpit <laughs> moment, which is such a literal thing to think about, then you're not growing. And so it's like, okay, have I had my sweaty armpit moment yet this month? Oh <laughs> no, my God. I haven't. I need to do something else. Like, what do I need to challenge myself with? So I do. And, you know, a lot of it is just putting in the time and the effort. I feel that that has gone to the wayside in some aspects is it takes work. You know, there is a lot of grind, even, you know, if you look at what you do, Lori, and it's like, it looks so glamorous. Like you're in Vegas, these wonderful hotels, you know, you're seeing poolside, but what does it take to make that happen? There are definitely things that you probably have to sacrifice. Um, They're not necessarily shown on an Instagram platform, but, you know, it's also making those times and knowing that things don't always come so easily that you have to work for them and, you know, put the, put the time into it. Sacrifice is such an interesting word. It's funny that you bring that up because I think people need to embrace the sacrifice because it's not instant success. You know, you have to, especially mm-hmm. if you're in growth mode in your life, you're going to have to sacrifice something to get something else. And everyone thinks that's such a bad phrase, but it's not, it's a temporary thing that'll take you to the next level. That's how I view it anyway. So it's interesting you brought that word up because I've been thinking a lot about that lately. Like, what are you willing to give up to get to what you want, you know, to have? And you're right. It's not all sitting out by my pool with my dog. It's seven days a week of, of writing and being creative. So yes. And the grind, the grind is there. And the other part that I've, I've come to acknowledge is the timing, you know, you can, and this is, I think I would say a Pinterest Instagram fail to me is that there's so many quotes of, you know, if you just think it, it can happen. It's like, well, I've been thinking about wanting these things for years. And it's like, obviously, maybe someday it finally happened. So to allow that path to unfold and not to be so structured to the thought where, okay, if it doesn't happen in the next six months, it's not for me. Because sometimes it just takes longer than you expect to. And I don't know many people who set their very specific you know, these lofty goals, and they had them accomplished within the exact timeline that they were given. Probably something else came about in that timeline that was just as exciting to you, or you could make it exciting or really a great growth opportunity for you if you saw it that way. But you have to allow that that time to be there as well to really let things unfold. I'm a big believer in manifestation. As a matter of fact, I've been looking at Estee Lauder's old home out here in Palm Springs. And I've started manifesting, bringing that into my life. But I also know. Oh, let's all put the good juju in that direction. <laughs> yes, <then. laughs> we will have some beauty biz events that'll blow your mind. And I love yes. it. On, on the gate to this home, it, it has a quote by her that says, I n- never hoped for success. I worked for it. Or I never just dreamed of success. Yes. I worked for it. But that's the quote by her on the front gate when you enter this beautiful home out here. So you have to believe in manifestation, but you also have to take the action steps that are necessary to bring the right things into your life for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have a question here because I love doing stuff on TV segments. I just did an infomercial. I've done several of them and I've done some news stuff. And I, every time right before I get to go on camera, I think to myself, why did you do this? I get, it's that Robin McGee, <laughs> you know, like the sweaty arm. Yes. Moment. Moment. Yeah. So do you get nervous doing the today show? I want to hear what that's like. So, yeah, I do, you know, national TV from the today show, good morning America. And then also some local shows too. So what I, I did used to get nervous, of course, right? Because when the lights shine on the, the red light of the camera goes on, 
I do get like this instant level of excitement. And, you know, I don't think about, okay, there's 6 million people watching right now, or there's so many people who are counting on this three minute and 30 second segment to help their brand or to help this. So I have really learned to try to focus on what my goal of the segment is, which is just to share tips and great products. And then I, so it takes the focus off of me. And I think about the person who's watching it and what they want from the segment. So in a sense, I disconnect from the nerves. You know, I pull away from that because I'm not thinking about me anymore. I'm thinking about them. And that does help to like destigmatize those emotions and helps to kind of just pull it out of me. And I also just think that, you know, what you focus on, you expand. So if you think about being nervous, you continue to feel that and that continues to bubble up. So and the advice I give for everyone, like in their moment, whatever that moment may be, is you just have to give yourself the chance to be great and allow yourself that moment. So decide to rise and just breathe into whatever circumstance you're in and you will find the peace because you have it in you. You have prepared for this. It's your moment and just let it flow. Just let that moment be how it's exactly intended to be. And when you kind of do that and just release into that, I do feel much more at peace and I come with whatever happens during those three minutes and 30 seconds or four minutes and 10 seconds, whatever we're allowed in for that, for that morning segment. Will you say that quote again? Because I'm, I tried to write it down as you were speaking, give yourself the moment to be great. Is that what you, your little mantra? Yeah. Give yourself a chance, give yourself a chance chance to be great, a chance (sighs) to be great and decide to rise and breathe into it and let yourself be, let yourself flow. I think I said, let yourself flow through that moment. I love that. Because you've prepared for this, right? Like it is, it is something that you've probably wanted or you're looking for, or you've done the research, you've done your homework, it's time for the interview, whatever that looks like for you, whatever your moment is, that is a high stressor, um, is to kind of just put yourself in, you know, allow yourself to be you because you have it in you. And there is another quote, because and I don't know who said this, but it's like, let the let you think that God rigged everything for you, that the world wants you to do well and perfect. And I think if you believe in that and you kind of have that feeling, you don't go into it thinking, oh my God, this is going to be so awful. I'm going to be so awful. You just, you know, step into it and allow it to happen. You know, you mentioned Robin McGee, who is just for the listeners, the president of Osmosis Skincare and I don't regret very many things in life, but I am so bummed that I did not make it to the November event just to hang out with the two of you together because I imagine it was amazing. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Robin and I have worked together in many fruitions and she's also a dear friend because I do think when you work together a lot with people, you become friends over time and hopefully you do. Um, And she is just one of those people who is just this energy, this passion, this excitement, um, who just has a wonderful outlook on the world. And she deserves such great success because she is, you know, she comes from the heart. She's one of those leaders that it just truly ultimately sees the best in everybody. And it allows people to flourish. You know, she's probably one of those people who will have stories of somebody saying, oh, because of Robin McGee, I was able to do this, or I saw this, you know, she's that type of woman leader. There should be more people like her. In this I world. agree. I have a hard time calling her only because it, I'll call her to ask her one question and we'll talk for an hour and a half. <laughs> like, right, right. I, I can't call right. Robin when I'm in a hurry. <laughs> no, I know. She's so good to talk to. I, in fact, was talking to her the other night 
it was like 9.30 at night. I was driving home from the airport, of course, which is typically, you know, I'm on phone calls. I was like, oh my gosh, look, we're talking Thursday, 9.30 at night. And I talked to her for like two hours. Like I got home, I was unpacking, still talking to her. You know, we could talk for hours as well. Uh, I'm going to have to reach out to her. I haven't talked to her in a while. So now I want to kind of dive into what our listeners love to hear. And it it's now not a secret that you're kind of a beauty industry expert guru out there. So let's talk about some of your favorite beauty products. What right now is trending or what right now are you obsessed with? Yeah, you know, I really like the the blur that's happening between skincare and makeup for sure, which is not a new trend, um, but I feel like it's really evolving. And so I do... I do like that. I like that makeup has more of that skincare makeup side to it, that every aspect of what we put on our face is healthy for us. Um, I do really appreciate that inside out approach of if you are healthy, if you are in a place of having a healthy gut, a healthy internal system, that that will display outward too. So wellness, you know, healthy drinks, um, supplements, things like that, I also think are really crucial to reaching your best outcome when it comes to your skincare. Some specific products I'm using right now. Oh, I know one that I'm loving right now because it is, we're, we're recording this in the, in the winter and we are going to the polar vortex in Wisconsin. So it is cold outside. Uh, as I love Laneige lip sleeping mask. Ooh. I put on every night. I put on my girl's. Um, because it is just so great for chap lips and you can't live in winter without having chap lips, right? I mean, if you do, you're a unicorn. I I don't know any (laughs) other way to say how you could not have chap lips in the winter. Um, So I'm a big fan of that product at night. I use it. It's not too thick. I wake up every morning. My lips feel great. Um, It has a nice flavor to it. It's clean. um, So you don't have to worry about that because it is on your lips. So I do like that for night. Oh my gosh, that product sounds amazing. It is, and I'm telling you, I actually talked about it one time on um, the Today Show, and I had somebody, like two or three people who actually um, messaged me to say, thank you so much for sharing that product. It has helped me with my lips. And I don't usually get those types of instant messages from people saying that. Um, if they like it, they might say it, but it's usually in the post, but like life-changing, right? When you can help with chap lips. So that was really interesting. I got that much feedback on that product. So it is it is a good What's one. What's the name of it again? Lanage L A N. E-I-G-E. And it's called and the... Lip Sleeping Mask. I mean, just the name. And that's what I want to ask you too. Like that almost tells a little story. And you mentioned a, a few minutes ago about you help you help brands create their, their stories. Right now, stories are selling, mm-hmm. right? Like it's an amazing marketing business yeah. selling tool. Right, right. Because you have that platform now where... You know, before, as you had mentioned, you have done infomercials. Infomercials were really, or like a QVC and HSN, the only place where brands had the potential of sharing their story because they had the time. Um, And it was hard to do. You know, it's hard to do as an esthetician to go through the whole story and the benefits while the client's trying to relax and you're talking to them about services. So from a brand perspective, you now have that ability to connect and to share your story because of social platforms and because of the way we interact with websites. and it's really crucial. And when people say to me, like, what products should I use or how do I decide which products to use? My first place to take people to is what do you like in products? And then find, you know, what's your philosophy? Like, do you like clean ingredients? Are you looking for something that works? You don't care what's in there. Are you looking to just solve this problem? Are you looking for a brand that has like a 
a no, you know, environmental footprint, you know, find those things that make a difference to you, then you connect with those brands, and then look into their products. So that brand story to me is really what connects people and you create that tribe. Because when your vibe and that brand, that tribe come together, then you really have a uniformity and then you have a purpose behind, you know, working with each other. And um, I think then you get the best results. Estheticians all the time, like tell your why on your social media platforms, because that's what's going to draw the right clients into your practice. You know, if they, they feel your passion towards, you know, whatever it is, a specific product or a piece of equipment that you offer in your, your treatment room. And how's your specialty? That's the other thing too, as I would say for estheticians is, you know, what, if you have a special, like if you are so good at like an acne treatment, or you can really specialize in anti-aging or in hyperpigmentation and, and drill down into it. If you can carve out what you are best at and let that be known to me, that helps because in a world right now where things are so complex with beauty and people don't know what to believe and they're constantly bombarded with these messages, I really think you need to clarify what piece of the pie that you offer. And when you do that, to me, people are like, yep, I'm going to go see Lori because she does this. Got it. Like done. I like what she has to offer. She's most innovative. She's on the cutting edge. Or it's that she, when I go there, I'm looking to relax and that's what this person offers to me. But yet my skin looks incredible afterwards. So I do appreciate when people are really specific as to what they have to offer because I, I do think you need to break through all that clutter. Well, they say the riches are in the niches and you're speaking my language. I have this whole training that mm-hmm. I try to really, it's the most important training that I teach. And I've coined your BCE, like who is your best client ever? And they will be attracted to your profitable passion. So right on mm-hmm. what you just said is, is I think, you know, kind of the key to success in a saturated market is to know your place and to honor it and to speak passionately about it for sure. Yes. Yeah. And everything you do has to stick to that message and to that brand. Yep. And then the people understand exactly what you represent. We're going to go back to trends. So I think these sheet masks Mm -hmm. are a big trend and you travel a lot. Mm -hmm. Have you ever worn a sheet mask on an airplane? Because I'm seeing it more and more nowadays. I am so anti that trend, not only because I think it is the most foolish thing. Um, that's not my number reason. That's probably number two. Um, you know, I do get the whole, like, I travel in leggings 100%. Like, I go to the comfort aisle, change in bathrooms in the airports. So I don't have to, you know, wear my heels throughout the flight. But to me, I do not believe in it. In fact, I think it is bad to do because... When you put different masks on your skin, different things like that, you know, it's good in that moment. But as soon as you take it off, your skin's going to start to pull from, pull the moisture in. And what it's going to be trying to pull the moisture in from is your skin, because now that is the richest source of moisture. So you're going to dehydrate your skin faster than if you're just to wait to get to the hotel, clean off all of that junk from flying, you know, clean your face really well, take a shower, whatever you need to do, wash your face if you don't have the time, and then put on a sheet mask and let your skin fully take in and absorb all those nutrients, and you'll get much more benefit versus if you use it in the air, your skin is going to dehydrate faster. It actually makes the cycle worse. Wow. Um, so I am like, that is such a instant trend that to me has gone the reverse, um, where it's ultimately not good for your skin. It's just a good photo. So the difference between a good insta post versus a, you know, debunking the myth of, of social. I mean, I, I do think it's best if you can fly with nothing on your face, you know, bare in the air, if you want to do that hashtag instead of having no makeup on, that's great, you know, and just make sure you have a moisturizer on, but the tree in your skin in the air is actually worse for your skin. I remember my beauty school 
teacher saying, because I was still a, a flight attendant when I went to esthetician school and she'd go, you have the best skin I've ever seen on a flight attendant. And I wore no makeup ever on the airplane when I uh, went to work, just my yeah. mascara. I want to give you a travel tip though, that I think you're going to fully appreciate. Noelle Asmar uniforms. Please. Do you know who she is? I do not know, but I'm going to look her up and write her name down right now. Okay. Noelle Asmar spa uniform. She's one of my favorite, most generous women in the beauty industry. I love her, but she has just sent me a pair of compression leggings to wear in the treatment room. She said, but you're going to want to wear them everywhere. Oh, so grab two pairs. That is a great idea. Yeah. I get that. It's, they're so comfortable. I just got them like two days ago, but if you're traveling and you like to wear leggings, these are awesome because you know, it's not good on our veins being up in the air all the time. So grab a pair of her, her uniform leggings for your travel. I am on it. I am going to like seriously order immediately because I do suffer from varicose veins Me and too. I get them injected. <laughs> so I am 100% behind that. <laughs> That's why I love this show. We get to share beauty tips with each other. And, and <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I know we have to wind down now. So I want to ask you two more questions and then I'll let you, I'll let you get on with your, your day. Um, but if you could invent one beauty superhero product, bring it to the market next week, what would it be? I would actually explore a new category because to me right now, the category that is completely unavailable to complete white space is with products like the six to 10 year old. There is nothing for kids who are six to 10. There are tremendous and an incredible amount of baby products and then he jumps like products for teenagers, but there is nothing in that middle sector. And I don't know what happens and what you like, what happens to kids <laughs> during that phase that people kind of forget what they're using. Um, but I do think that like that mid section of children have completely, and maybe it's just because it's not as attractive, right? There's not as clear of a purpose, but when they start that self grooming stage, and I'm also in it because I have girls around that age, you know, they're, they're starting their habits and they're starting to take showers now, you know, you're out of bath and, and they're starting to want to put their own shampoo and conditioner in, and they are, have their own interest in styling their hair and taking care of their skin and doing makeup even, right? Like, you know, play makeup, not for everyday wear, of course not, but it's like that, that point, that is a complete white space, which I find incredible that nobody has developed products for that area just yet. Wow. Maybe that's your new project because I think that, yeah. um, if you got it to be really clean, the right price point and attractive packaging, you could make gazillions. Yeah. Like to me, that is just like that space. Yeah. Cause otherwise, you know, I do, you know, the anti-aging markets, there is always technology, always innovation that is interesting, you know, but there's probably something for everybody if you really looked in and researched for it, um, you know, cause one person's miracle cream is another person's nightmare. So you do have to find the right products for your skin. Um, but that is one area that is just underdeveloped completely. <laughs> You have the best little sayings. One person's miracle cream is another person's nightmare. Yeah, right. <laughs> it always would drive me crazy. As estheticians, you know this. Somebody would come in and be like, oh, my friend said I should use this. They didn't love this product. I'm like, well, what kind of skin type does your friend have? And it's like, oh, they, they have a lot of breakouts. I'm like, do you break out? You don't need this product. <laughs> you know, right? That's it's one like, of the biggest mistakes. This works for them does not mean it's going to work for you. Yeah. Somebody came in and they're like, oh, I was just at the origins counter, Lori. I've been a esthetician for several years. She goes, I bought all of this stuff. I'm like, why? That's not what's right yeah, for your skin. Yeah. And she's like, well, my friend Beth has the best skin. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yeah. like, that doesn't that make any sense. 
<laughs> yeah. I feel like I understand. You've been so generous with success tips already, but as we wind down, do you have a few more you want to share with our listeners? You know, I just, I think that, um, I feel like this is where I'm going to be lacking in terms of inspiration here, but I just think that when it comes to success for women, it's just be who you are. I think that, you know, owning it, you had said that earlier at the top of the podcast is being who you are and allowing yourself to be that person. I think that we just need that consideration and a little bit more appreciation for what everyone does in a day and just having a little bit more respect for, for each other and um, for ourselves most importantly, because we just don't have that. And that best relationship happens with yourself. And so I really, as a woman, as raising two girls right now, I just really think that is where we need to allow ourselves that space to be appreciative and just recognize all that we do in a day and allow that to be enough, right? Sometimes it is just enough and, and not to put too much harsh trajectory on ourselves is like what we should be doing or what we shouldn't have done and just be and just allow that space and be comfortable in it and proud of yourself. Well, I find that to be very inspirational because the truth is we are our own worst critics. So be gentle with yourself and give yourself permission. And let's go back to that awesome quote that you said, give yourself a chance to be great. Yes, that was much more inspirational. Let's go back to that. <laughs> it kind of just wraps up everything you said today. So I love it. And I'm so excited that I got the opportunity to chat with you. I know you're busy and I so appreciate you taking the time to share your message and your story with the audience. Likewise, I am glad to be here and it's great been talking to you and I hopefully um, will be talking to you all more on your mastermind group. That's we'll doing that shortly as well. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, Sarah, thanks so much. And how can people find you if they want to follow you on Instagram or, or a Facebook page? Instagram's probably my favorite. So I would say there, and it's just Sarah Eggeberger um, on Instagram and you can see, you can see my life unfold there as messy as it is. Oh, I like your Instagram page. I always get so excited when I see you going on TV. I'm, I'm like, oh my God, I love this. This is what I want to do more yeah. of. So will you spell your last name or even first, because you do have an H on the Sarah. I do. Yeah. So it's Sarah, S-A-R-A-H and then Eggenberger, which is this terrible last name. I should have kept with Burns, <laughs> which is my maiden name as Tata knew me from. Um, but Eggenberger is E-G-G-E-N as in Nancy, B as in boy, E-R-G. E-R. Long last name, but there's there's no other Sarah Eggenbergers that are out there. So that's helpful. There you go. One of a kind. Well, thank you again so much for being on the show today. Glad I got the opportunity to meet you and have an awesome weekend. Thank you too, Lori. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for tuning into the Beauty Biz Show. I hope this episode leaves you feeling inspired to build the beauty biz of your dreams. If you'd like to know more about how you can become a member of the Beauty Biz Club, the only professional success-based society designed to fuel your success by providing you with the ongoing resources that are needed to excel in the beauty industry, please visit beautybizclub.com. Again, that's beautybizclub.com. Also, if you'd like a copy of my free report, top 10 secrets of successful beauty biz practitioners, please visit lorikrete.com. 